Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, The Boss Ravioli Queens. We are Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. And we are healthcare workers who decided we are going to spill all the ravioli on the ins and outs of working in healthcare. This isn't your usual podcast. If you came here for health and beauty tips, you're going to be disappointed because we are going to get messy. Every other week, we will feature a different topic that dives into the not-so-talked-about taboo and just plain underbelly of healthcare. We will talk about what it's like being a caregiver outside of work and all the struggles that come with it, just trying to be normal, everyday people. On that note, let's... Get... Messy! This episode is called Nicole Ravioli's Behind the Mask. It is uh, the second part to a three-part series... Do you want to give us a little background about yourself before we start questioning you for this interview? Sure. <laughs> um, so, huge trigger warning. If you cannot handle talk of domestic abuse, suicidal ideations, self-harm, and uh, sexual assault, my bad, um, then you probably should turn this off right now. Because I've been through all of it. Um, so to get into a little bit about my mental illness is... <clears throat> there's a lot. So I have borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. Insomnia, PTSD, depression, anxiety. Yeah. Joys. Oh, it's, it's great in my head, like 24-7. <laughs> it seems like a party in Oh, <laughs> not a party I want to be in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we can start with, um, tell us a little bit about, like, your family life. Hmm. Well, as we talked about in the traumas that made us, I think, um, so from, like, a young age on, I had dealt with death, like, a lot of it. So it was like my great grandma when I was like in preschool. I had another great grandparent that had passed when I was like kindergarten. Like year after year, it was just another dead person in my family, one after the other. And then I was good until like, oh, from like fourth grade to seventh grade, I think. And it was the summer after my seventh grade year. Um, my grandpa had lung cancer. Cancer. <laughs> that has had spread to his liver and um my grandparents on my mom's side divorced um god i think when i was in kindergarten as well so he was with this lady they were pretty much married but they didn't want it to affect their like social security by actually getting married because it would have made it less for both of them and that's hard to live off of so they actually both had cancer together she had ovarian cancer but they couldn't remove anything else because she had already had a full hysterectomy due to having cancer the first time um so they lived together and took care of each other and then by the time you know stage four like the end end stage came around they couldn't take care of each other anymore so her family moved in with her and helped take care of her and my grandpa moved in with us and i helped take care of him like, literally just watching him slowly pass day by day. And I also gave him my room. So he had, like, a hospital bed in there. Um, he had 
obviously, like, hospice was coming to see him and everything. And that was also the summer that my dad messed up his knee. So my mom was, like, taking care of my dad and my grandpa at the same time because my dad had, like, a torn ligament that they repaired. So he was out of commission for at least, like, six to eight weeks, I believe, if not more. Wow. Yeah. And did she have to work through all that time, too? Um, she took FMLA, I think, and, like, combined with her PTO, because okay. my mom's a smart lady. She saves everything up so she can take time off when she needs it. Right. Um, I know, I remember there was, like, a time where she did try to go back to work for, like, a couple hours. Ah, God, I don't even remember if it was, like, it was just one day, but she was trying to see if she could do it a little more often just because I think she was running out of PTO and then it would just be FMLA so she wouldn't have been getting paid. Um, and that didn't work. I'm, I'm not going to delve too much into why because I don't want to throw any shade at anybody. So um, <clears throat> I'm just going to go with it didn't work. And yeah, so that was like my first traumatic experience, I would say. And obviously, like, I don't blame my mom. Like, that's her dad. I don't right. blame her for taking care of him. I don't right. blame her for any of that. No. It was just very traumatizing for me, specifically, because I was helping her take care of him well, quite a bit. he was in your room. Yeah, yeah, I was sleeping on the couch. <clears throat> so, just curious, going back to the lady, um, did you get to a point with her where you thought of her as, like, a step-grandma? Or oh, absolutely. She was the sweetest lady I've ever met in my entire life. Anything you needed, she was there. Mm. Always. She was she was wonderful for my grandpa too. Um, I guess I should also probably mention that my parents are quite quite a ways apart in age. Um, okay, that sounds bad. They're eleven years apart. So my dad's parents actually died before my mom even got to meet them. Sugar daddy. Like <laughs> they, <laughs> they, I'm they had sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> Um, they had both passed before my parents even met, actually. Uh-huh. So I only had one set of grandparents, and then it eventually split into two, but both on my mom's side. Yeah. So was your other, like, grandmother still really involved in your life? As much as she could be, yeah. Um, when she met her other love, <laughs> um, <laughs> they moved... Well, I guess she still kept the house in my hometown, but she wasn't really staying there. It was more so like renting out the space and then she would stay in the basement. Like that was her living area because there was like a little kitchenette down there and stuff. Okay. Um, but they were living a couple hours away. So like I said, she was as involved as she could be at the time. Yeah. So you want to kind of move on from that a little bit and do you want to kind of tell us about your sexual assault like stuff oh you know, it's kind of a deep dark subject but I mean, i'm <laughs> sure a lot of people can relate to it so can i add something to that absolutely so as you're explaining this i would love to know how that stuff affects like how you do your job mm-hmm. and also like how do you not flip the fuck out at work every single day of your life? 
Because, mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, even... It's there's the some, mask. <laughs> yes. That, and I mean, you know, like, some some stuff at work could even be a trigger for you because, like, there Correct. are some of those... I'm not going to lie, there's, like, those creepy patients or whatever that would... Oh, I've would, had a, quite a few of them. ...would literally, like, assault somebody or... Oh, if given the chance. Or, Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Honestly, I've had patients' rooms that I've gone in, I, I wouldn't go into alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, me too. Especially if it was, like, I know this sounds really dumb, but, like, an elderly person, like, an elderly man, you don't realize how strong those guys can be still. Like, there are a lot of people who think that old people are just frail and fragile and can't do things. Oh. Nah. Mm-mm. Not they, the case. They're, most of the time, only in that state because they want something and then the minute you don't give them what they want a lot of the times they can get up and do it them fucking selves and it's like oh not only that but then some of them actually try to physically like attack you Uh Mm -hmm. yeah so um i am pretty (laughs) well-rounded as a caregiver and i was a cna as well i just let it lapse because i thought i was done with healthcare, and i'm not let what lapse my certified nursing Mm -hmm. assistant certification yeah, thank you anytime for all our listeners <laughs> <laughs> um so i've i've been in pretty much every form of caregiving and cna work that you can do like i've done the mental health side i've done the medical and i've done like the end of life care too mm-hmm. so going back to what you guys asked me um <clears throat> I was sexually assaulted when I was married and it was it was not a super often thing but I still didn't agree to it like and it was it was in the back door if you understand my if you catch my drift there yeah so I never wanted to do that in the first place like I never had any interest in that you do you if you like that, but I can't. <laughs> um, it's painful, and especially if you're not willing to do it, it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. So um, that happened, and I was also physically abused and mentally abused. Um, I was basically made to feel like no one else was ever going to love me, and he was the only person that would, that would ever want to be with me. Or care, even though he didn't fucking care. <laughs> um, he just wanted somebody that he could control, somebody under his thumb. Very, very narcissistic person. So, there's that. Um, what what other part of the question was there? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, I want to know, like, how... Basically, how do you how do you get by at work? I mean, there's triggers all over the place. How do you control that? Um, so like we've talked about the dark humor thing. <laughs> um, I make fun of it a lot because it happened to me. So I feel like I'm valid in making fun of that. Right. Um, but I also need to mention that I did go through like therapy as well. I. It got to a point where I just couldn't fucking do it anymore, and I was like, okay, I need to talk to somebody. So at that point, I got on some meds. I also found out that I had BPD at that point from my marriage, um, because I had never shown signs of it until later on in life, and I had also been through so much trauma 
from him that it like basically kind of caused me to split <clears throat> and I'm going to explain that as well. So for those of you who don't know a whole lot about borderline personality disorder, um, we do this thing where we, it's called splitting and it's basically like you're watching yourself and you can't control any of your fucking actions. <laughs> like if, if someone makes me split and mind you, I do have very, very good control on this now, but it took me a long time to get there. Okay. So if someone triggers me and I tell you, hey, you're going to make me say and do some really awful shit if you don't stop and you keep going and you don't acknowledge the fact that you're triggering me, it's going to get bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, um, <clears throat> I used to get physical. I don't do that anymore. Um, it's basically just like rage, like blind rage. And you say things that you can't control and... Sometimes you remember and other times you don't. But for the times that you do remember, it's literally like you're just watching yourself, like, almost like in a movie. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, I don't do that very often anymore, and there's only, like, a select few people in the world who can make me do that, but they still do sometimes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot of, like, self-control and stuff like that. It's... And that also brings in, like, the suicidal ideations and stuff because depression and BPD kind of go hand in hand. So <clears throat> when, I'm, when I'm at, like, a super low point, I should say when I was because I don't hit those lows as often anymore. I just, I cope better now. But <clears throat> when those lows hit, it used to bring me to a point where I literally was just, like, I don't want to be me anymore. I don't really want to be alive anymore. Uh, there was a point when I had first separated from my husband where if my mom hadn't come over to my house, I had my notes written. Like, I wouldn't be here anymore if she didn't come. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> it's, that's um, scary to think about. That is scary. What yeah. would we do Props without Miss Nicole Ravioli? Yeah, I know. props to Mama Ravioli. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mama Ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> she she really is like my biggest supporter. Like she's she's pretty much my best friend. Oh. I love my mom. That's so, so shout out, mom. I know you listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, like there are times where we don't get along, but that's just normal. It's family right. stuff. Yeah, right. It's pretty cool. Um. So, what else do we want to know? I don't have another question at the moment. Oh, we were going to talk about self-harm, too. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Yep. So, that's something that I mostly did in high school, but I also, like, um, I'm trying to think of the... Regressed. Mm. I regressed back into it in my early 20s, and... It never got, like, super bad, but it's still obviously not okay. <laughs> what was your, like, thought process exactly when um, you started doing it in the first place? Um, well, it started off as me just being, like, numb and I wanted to feel something. Mm -hmm. But then it turned into, like, it was my calm at the same time because there was something about seeing the blood. I don't understand why. To this day, I don't get it. But there's something about seeing my blood that just was like, it, it like released endorphins in my brain and I, I was just like, ah, oh, finally. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Do you know what, like, set it off in the first place or not so much? So, I've had depression for a really long time. Um, but I didn't get my first diagnosis until I was a teenager. Um, and at that point, like, in my high school, there was other people that did it, so I kind of got the idea from them. Yeah. Like, I heard them talking about it one time, and I was like, oh, maybe I should try that. Yeah. (laughs) Worst idea ever. Don't ever do that. Um... <clears throat> but it's just it's it's so weird to think of now because I haven't done it in so long like it's probably been 10 years at least if not more um yeah it's just it's crazy and I like no no shame to anybody that does it like on their wrists or whatever but I never wanted anybody to find out that I was doing it so I always picked areas like my biceps like my upper arm by my shoulder or like my thigh so out of like all the issues that you've had with the suicidal tendencies and everything like how did that like affect your family like when they kind of find found out about like stuff like that that was happening and stuff you were kind of struggling with i mean honestly i think really when it comes down to it i know that my dad like my mom talks to my dad and stuff but he he never really said anything about it and i think that comes from the way he was raised because he he grew up in an abusive household his dad was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and would like beat the crap out of him and his siblings and their mom from my understanding so it's kind of like the stay quiet don't ask questions yes very much so yep so um there's that part of it too um and honestly i think it probably hurt him too much to talk about it with me um obviously like he would hug me and tell me that he loved me and stuff like that um but he never really never really talked with me about it my mom has obviously and then my brother um i'm sure he knows but i don't openly talk about anything like that with him usually because we have a rocky relationship (laughs) um but yeah my mom and i how it affected her like, I I told her that that night, if she hadn't been there, I would have been a goner. Yeah. So, yeah. And your brother probably didn't give a shit. Mm, I don't want to say he doesn't give a shit. But he <laughs> acts like he doesn't. <laughs> Definitely acts like he doesn't. I guess that's a normal sibling thing, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, sure. like, we're fucking older now. Like, grow up. <laughs> you hear that? Grow up. <laughs> He doesn't listen. He doesn't support you. (laughs) You're not wrong. I don't think he does listen, actually. (laughs) Hey, Mom, play this episode for him, please. (laughs) But maybe not the first part, because he doesn't know about the essay and stuff like that. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay, Mom, you can start playing it now. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, any other questions you guys have? Um, so we've talked about this a lot in previous episodes, how, like, it is difficult to not, like, tell a resident specifically how you relate to them. Yeah. So, how do you deal with that, like, when something's going on that, or, like, to that resident at that time that already happened to you, you've already processed it, like, what's your thought process on all of that? 
Um, honestly, for me, like, when I have a resident who has been through anything similar to what I've been through and they tell me about it, I always make sure that I come off as, like, non-judgmental because that's something that you really need to do. Otherwise, they're not going to trust you because if my therapist would have came off as judgmental to me, I wouldn't have fucking trusted her. Yeah, I would have, like, walked out. Exactly. Right. And actually, that was during the vid. So, uh... It was Zoom. <laughs> yeah, right. I would have just hung up. Yeah, just mm. click. Bye. But, um, <clears throat> so not being judgmental is a big one. Number two, I have to remember that I've processed all these things already. I've been through, like, I've done all the work on myself that I needed to do. Um, sometimes I still have issues with, like, self-image because of all of the mental abuse that I went through. But, I mean, I think... I'm at a point now where I can just kind of, like, let it roll off. Right. So, anyways, back to dealing with residents that have been through similar things. Um, I try to give them, like, coping skills that I personally use, and I say, you know, this might not work for you, but it could. It's worth a shot because everybody's different. There are things that are going to work for me that don't work for other people. Mm. So it's basically <clears throat> you trying to, like, give, like, them an idea of like what to try yeah without giving them the indication that that you've been through it already yeah exactly and like i always make sure that they know that i'm available to talk to when i'm working mm -hmm. i'm like hey if you're having a rough day you can always come and talk to me mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> so i guess that would be a really great time to say like <laughs> Caregiving is so much more than what people give it credit for. I mean, you know, we do everything from showers to de-escalating really, really scary situations. Like, yeah. you, you're going to be doing so much as a caregiver, and no one can put us in a box because we don't fit in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to think of it as, like, for caregiving you're basically like everything that you do every day like when you go out shopping for groceries when you brush your teeth in the morning make your bed when you do your laundry when you cook clean anything we're doing all of that for, for somebody them. else for multiple individuals for, yeah for multiple people and then we're doing and then we're doing like medications and stuff also if they have have them we're like doing all of that and giving like them the time and everything that they need and then on top of doing that for multiple different people we have to go home and try to like get into the mindset that we need to do that for, for ourselves, ourselves. Yeah. too well that's like amy and i were talking the other day and like you know, you do, like, laundry at work, and then you go home, and you have this big pile of laundry. Like, yeah, I want to do it. And then you're like, I just fucking did this <laughs> for <day>. eight hours. <laughs> so, my husband and I have a um, thing. We <laughs> we call it the floor drobe, because <laughs> it really is just the floor drobe, and it's an eyesore, and I hate looking at it, but it's like, I don't want to do it. I just <laughs> did it. Like, unless I start getting paid... Unless I'm being paid to do my laundry, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> pay me and it's a different situation. Right. Not can pay you in kisses. <laughs> or other things. <laughs> mm. 
What part is Zeke kissing? Not PG-13. I guess that's up to, uh, it's circumstantial. I guess we decide on the day. Fair. Um, this is weird because I'm not the one asking questions this time, so. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I don't really have anything else. I think you pretty much explained most of, like, the stuff that you went through, like, through your life and kind of gave a background of, um, a lot of stuff that people could probably relate to. Yeah, so. for sure. I, and if you have the resources available, use them. Yeah, for sure. So, what are your closing thoughts? Any advice? If you have the resources available. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, the most important thing about stuff like this is talking about it. <clears throat> because for so long, I felt so invalidated. Because I didn't... Like... <laughs> It's weird. It's it's weird. Because, like, especially with the sexual assault, it just makes you feel gross and mm. dirty. And you're not. You didn't agree to that. You didn't consent to it. It happened to you. That doesn't make you any less of a person. No. It makes so, your husband, ex-husband, fucking disgusting. It does. Um, and also, like, I guess delving into like the police side of it because I never went to the cops because of all of the invalidation that people who are sexually assaulted go through well and also like it's probably because they would probably shrug it off mostly because at that time you were married yep and that's exactly that is exactly the reason I didn't go because well you're married how did he how did he right. sexually like, assault how do you, you? How does he assault you, like, if you're married? Like, well, guess you know? what, bro? I didn't say yes. I said no. Right. And he still fucking did it. Mar so. It doesn't matter. When you say no, you say no. It doesn't matter if you're married mm -hmm. or not. And he's basically, like, forcing you to do stuff that you didn't even want to try. Correct. And not only that, but, like, even if you're in the middle of whatever you're doing, even if that person is almost there or whatever like when you say no it's time to it's time to cut it it right. doesn't matter and now like see that's stuff that any of my new partners are gonna have to understand with me because if if by chance something happens when we're getting jiggy with it or whatever <laughs> um and i get triggered and i say yo we gotta stop like they're gonna have they to have be okay to with stop. that right. like so it's um and, like, I don't mind talking about it now, but back then, like, when it was still, like, a fresh trauma, <clears throat> I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. No. But there comes a point where you hold everything in for so long and you're like, I just can't anymore. Right. So even if it's not a therapist, tell someone. And whoever you tell, like, that person needs to be aware that they just need to listen. They don't need to say, oh, you need to go tell the cops right now. Like, you need to go report this. No. That's on them. Like, that is their own decision if they choose to make it. I don't blame you if you don't make that decision. Um, as far as, like, the self-harm and depression and all of that stuff goes, you gotta find ways to cope that are healthy. Because people have lost their lives due to just trying to cope by, like, self-harming. Mm -hmm. 
there's always that time when it's possible for you to cut too deep and that can cost you your life so overall just um, cope the best you can without doing unhealthy things find find outlets journaling exercise drawing talking to a friend whatever you need to do so I guess those are my closing thoughts. I don't think I really missed anything. So I'd say it's safe that we can call this one. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye. 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 This has been the Boss Ravioli Queens podcast with your hosts, Boss Lady Amy, Nicole Ravioli, and Jasmine the Queen. Thank you so much for spilling your ravioli with us. Don't worry, we'll serve you more next time. Until next time, go wash your ass.